we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics Podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics Podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Well, hello again, Slurds. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 234. Uh, on episode 234, I'll be going over the happenings and events, what had taken place, uh, was it the week of the 16th? Something like that. Uh, I start my weeks on New Comic Book Day, so the week of the 16th. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, really, and I'm gonna, gonna, I guess I'm gonna have to come out and say I'm sorry for not putting out these Wednesday episodes like I used to. I'm gonna try to get back on track with all that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, uh... So it's a little crazy right now. <laughs> but trust, I am reading the hell out of all these books. I don't just buy them and store them away. I'm still here to drop that knowledge. Just a few weeks where maybe some things have fallen short. Uh, as far as, you know, the quantity to talk about. And there's just some weeks where it's strictly time constraints. But that's all neither here nor there. Right now, we're right now. So let's talk about the stuff what had happened last week. Starting with the news. The news, actually, this this is brand new news. Breaking, Scout has just inked a deal with Simon and, Simon and Schuster. <laughs> what does that mean? Simon and Schuster is the one of the biggest uh, media distributors in the planet. In the planet, not on the planet, in the planet. And, uh, well, Scout's getting, uh, getting a piece of that. Scout has come a long fucking way in five years, man. A long way, and now they're making sure that their TPBs, their trade paperbacks, gets distributed on a mass level. Uh, Scout has been breaking a lot of ground since the whole diamond shut down, and they're they're starting to show that fuck, man, little guys can survive without without the big guys. I mean, I'm buying my books directly from Scout now. <laughs> they're not relying on diamond, and you could actually get them earlier from Scout if you go to scout directly a lot of times you can get them there before they're available through diamond and your lcs's so uh there you go so congratulations scout on inking a deal with simon and schuster i know that, that there might be some people going well what the fuck man what about the lcs's you know it's, if it doesn't come from diamond the lcs's aren't getting it well you know that's uh that's a bummer um maybe if more lcs has ordered scout books they wouldn't have to resort to this. And that's what I'm going to lay it on. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I think this is a smart move. You know, I, I, to me, yes, I support LCSs. But the most important thing to me are the consumers getting the source material. I don't give a fuck where they get it from at this point. If it's Walmart, if it's GameStop, if it's Barnes & Nobles, if it's uh, fucking Appleseed Comics or Golden Apple Comics, whatever the fuck, I don't care. You know, it's a business is business, and right now I'm I'm in the comic reading business. You know, I'm 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 not in the uh, uh, distribution business. So, 
Uh, as a consumer, I the more outlets I have to get my books, fine. Am I still going to get the books from LCSs if that's you know the you know a place to get them? A hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. I mean, if I had the choice, if New Comic Book Day dropped on at Walmart the same day it did at Mile High Comics, believe me, I'm still going to Mile High Comics. So it's just. I don't know. I mean, I, I know there's going to be a lot of people going, Oh, you're going to support LCSs. That's fucked up. Well, you know, Diamond's fucked up. Uh, distribution in general is fucked up. Lunar's fucked up. So, Simon and Schuster, way to step in, man. Way to step in. That's my rant on that. Uh, <laughs> Dan DiDio's in the news. He got himself a new joppy job. Uh, no, no, he didn't go on to be the new publisher at IDW like I thought would happen fucking twice now. Because <laughs> the first guy lasted, I think, 42 hours or some stupid shit like that. And he's been replaced, and now they got a new guy in there, so... Uh, you know, it's Dan DiDio. What's he doing? No, he's not a publisher. He is now working at the Kubert School. You know, that place where they train all these badass fucking artists to go on and be badass artists. He's working there in a teaching gig. What's he teaching? Don't know. Uh, probably has something to do with publishing, maybe? I don't know. The fact is, you know, Dan DiDio is back to work and not in the capacity that we thought he may be in. So, it's crazy times, man. Crazy times. You go from DC publisher to uh, teaching a class at an art, a comic book art college. I'm not saying he took a step down or anything, but it's uh, just a whole different direction. That's all. Probably not backwards. I don't know. It might be even more rewarding. You're not going to have a bunch of people on Twitter going, Yeah, he fucking trained that artist wrong. He doesn't like fucking uh, Dick Grayson, so um, yeah, he, that, that, that guy can't draw good now. I don't know. He's given himself <laughs> no means to be criticized on fucking Twitter as a teacher. And if you are at this point, you're a cuckold. Uh, X-Men has announced another fucking team. Uh, Sword. They're space mutants. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. Other than, you know, they're introducing new characters and uh, now, now they're going to guard space. I thought that's what Cyclops was doing because I thought they lived on the moon or some shit, but... Maybe they're not guarding space. They just live there. And that's the news. <laughs> I didn't find a whole lot to talk about, but there's a little bit, right? A little bit. How about some speculation? There's some, you know, some books that could potentially really heat up this week, huh? And that leads me to this, this chapter. It's not a chapter. It's a segment. Speculation lottery or what have you. Uh, yeah, no, these are books that could potentially gain you a dollar or two. On a uh, speculator's level. Uh, whether or not, you know, I mean, you can lose a dollar or two on these. That de all depends on when you pick them up. But if you got them now and you got them fresh and you got them new, it's going to be damn hard to lose money on these books. So, here we go. Starting out with Thor number seven. Uh, spoilers. There's a new Thor. A new guy picks up the meh fucking hammer. What does this mean? I don't know. Has this book jumped in value since this has happened? Not to my knowledge. Uh, is there a potential for this book to jump up? Yeah. If Aaron Aziz turns out to be a real badass motherfucking hammer wielding Thor, absolutely. So, uh, yes, potential for sure in Thor number seven this week. 
Justice League number 57, we got another Dark Knight introduction. This is a Dark Knight's tie-in. But we got the first Omega Knight. And uh, god damn does he look dope. So, <laughs> he does. Uh, we all know that the, the this Dark Knight's thing has introduced like 67 new potential hot new characters. Uh, but for whatever reason, I think Omega Knight might actually be something because it popped up in Justice League, and the way it was revealed, it didn't. It wasn't just some new Batman, you know, skating across the screen. This is a motherfucking Omega Knight doing some shit. So yeah, definitely some potential there in Justice League 57. Uh, Sins of Norman Osborn. We got a first. Uh, team appearance, we have the Order of the Web, and it's like Miles and Spider-Gwen and Spider-Woman and Aranya and Silk and maybe another. Uh, it's, it's a spider team, and it's an official spider team called the Order of the Web. So potential? Absolutely, especially with uh, Sony doing all of the, you know, being speculated upon, they're doing, you know, like a Silk movie, and possibly an Aranya movie now, and all this shit, well, if they do go ahead and build this, this, uh, Spidey universe, like, it's being thought that is happening right now, then it's only a matter of time before they bring them all together, and we have the Order of the Web, so pick it up now, foe gets hot, and, uh, I mean, because, honestly, what's, what's, a few bucks and a couple millimeters worth of storage space. Hmm? Hmm? Uh, Star Wars number five has a, you know, a new plot thing. Not exactly a new character, but Lukey Poo. I know him like that. I can call him that. It's cool. You're not allowed to call him Lukey Poo. I can. He's got himself a new yellow lightsaber, it seems. Sue, so what does this mean? I don't know. But I would imagine that, you know, this is, I mean, it's all canon. So Luke getting a yellow lightsaber. I mean, we're not doing any more Skywalker movies. So, I mean, it's probably not going to show up. But maybe, just maybe, Luke's lightsaber shows up in a movie without Luke being in it. And then they just refer to it. And then, boom, this book blows the fuck up. Bam! Potential. And then lastly, that I found to really be noteworthy is X-Men number 12. We have three first appearances in this, and they all feel like they're real big. At least two of them, for sure. Uh, the, the first being Iska, a undefeatable mutant. Then we have White Sword, who kind of seems like a armored-up version of Apocalypse. And then... Genesis. Genesis is a big one. This is the first appearance of the mother of the four horsemen, also known as Apocalypse's wife. So that's got to be a big deal, right? I, c I can see all three of these characters having a huge part in Hickman's X-Men universe, and it's only a matter of time. Actually, this book is already blowing up. I've seen it go for as high as $18, and that was a few days ago. So, boom. There you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, the, the news and the speculation part. Um, before we get into the overviews, i got to tell you, i got to give you another outlet to get your comics. And that's Hooked on Comics, brought to me to bring to you by NSCLiveTV.com, the ultimate hub for uh, comic book auction action. Well, standing out in the crowd is Hooked on Comics. You find them on Tuesdays and Saturdays are their main gigs. 
Tuesdays at 5 Eastern, Saturdays at 7 Eastern, and then all throughout the week as well. Um, find them on NSCLiveTV.com, as well as the uh, Hooked on Comics Facebook page, and you know I'm sharing them out in the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, so I invite you to join that as well. And, uh, yeah. Well, there we go. Let's talk last week's books, and boy am I excited. First this week we have Justice League number 53. Uh, this is Joshua Williamson stepping in with Zermanico and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Along with uh, Liam Sharp and Dave Stewart doing the cover. So, <laughs> this this is nutso, man. This is Grayson in the future. and uh, Grayson's helping Bobo from a Grundy attack. And by a Grundy attack it means a bunch of Solomon Grundy-like characters. Hot girl comes in and assists. Well, uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, Grayson has this this uh, horse called Comet. Of course, uh, it was a horse forged by a Wonder Woman, and it's this big steel metal horse that's forged. Apparently, it's the fastest horse horse alive. It's a little sea biscuit. <laughs> and uh, well, uh, Grayson and Hot Girl, they need they in order to you know figure all this bullshit out there. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, mission at this point is to you know find the Legion of Doom's prison. If they can you know free the Legion of Doom, then they can essentially take away the power of Perpetua, and that's that's what's going on here. We got to fuck up Perpetua. Um, <laughs> well. Uh, Bobo leads him to the Hall of Justice, and, well, uh, Lex Luthor is there waiting. The, nobody's stoked about that, but he's actually there offering his assistance. And by that, um, <laughs> he means we got to take down the Omega Knight and the Mindhunter, who are those uh, guarding the Legion of Doom. So that's what the fuck's happening in Justice League. I'm so glad I jumped back on it. I probably wouldn't have if it wasn't for um, it being a Dark Knights tie-in. But I, I, I've needed an excuse. They keep jumping around on creative teams for me. And ever since Snyder got off of it, I mean, I'm, I'm so fucking lost. But now, you know, I feel like, all right, this is just a good, awesome little one-off story in the Justice League Dark Knights universe, it seems like. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it felt like. I'm just kind of slightly moving the plot forward. Uh, at this point, I would like Joshua Williamson to continue on with Justice League. If they, if, you know, they just need to assign a writer, give it to Joshua Williamson. You know, that way you could do Flash and Batman, Superman and Justice League. What a fucking resume that would be! Jesus Christ! All right, carrying on. Batman number ninety-nine. Batman 99, we have James, Tony, and the fourth Jorge Jimenez, along with Tomau Moray. Uh, Jimenez and Moray did the cover as well. So this is, you know, the towards the conclusion of the old Joker War. Uh, at this point, Batman, he's got his wits about him again. So it's time to assemble the Bat Fam. And that's what he does. He assembles the whole Batman family to take out all these motherfucking clowns while he goes off to face Joker Mano y Mano, or he would hope so, at Ace Chemicals. Well, Harley's following along because <laughs> she wants to kill the Joker. Now, you know, Batman's not going to allow that because Batman's a fucking idiot. Greatest detective. Pfft. 
yeah, sure, he's a good detectivizer, but um, as far as saving lives go, not so good. Not good at all. He's not going to kill a Joker after all of this? Motherfucker. Whatever. Meanwhile, Catwoman, she's ensembling her own uh, little crewy crew. She's got the Riddler and the Penguin convinced that, you know, they're going to be quadrillionaires if they help take down the Joker and get back the old fortune. The Wayne fortune. And there you go. Uh, actually, <laughs> whew, uh, it, it gets it gets gnarly. It gets gnarlier. Once Batman reaches Ace Chemicals, uh, Joker pulls out a nasty, nasty, nasty trick on him. And if you've been following the Joker War, you know Joker's been digging up dead corpses and shit. And essentially just Jokerizing zombies. Well, um, guess who's dead right now? Uh, Alfred. You know what that means? Joker done Jokerified Alfred's corpse and then stuck him in a fucking bat suit. Ooh, this is dark, man. This is dark. I dig the shit out of what James Tonyan the Fourth is doing with Batman right now. Ah, uh, fuck. I was so that guy. I was like, fuck, James Tonyan doing Batman. I love him, but God, he talks a lot. And Batman's not a lot, or he does a lot of dialogue. Batman's not a very dialogue-y type of guy. And also, and also, uh... Why would you just come out of the gate with a Joker story? We all know fucking Joker story. Blah, 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 it's happened. Well, it turns out this is actually a unique fucking story. It's never happened with Joker before, at least to any of my knowledge. And I don't see anybody else saying, oh, I'm doing it before. No. So good on you. It's proof and hope. It gives us hope that we don't have to just keep coming up with derivative characters to uh, punchline. To, uh, even though he did that. Turns out I actually really like punchlines, so I'm not talking shit. But, I mean, just in comics in general, we keep coming up with these derivative characters to, you know, because we're, air quotes, out of ideas, so we just gotta, you know, change things up just slightly. And then give him somebody else's story that's already been done, but no. Nope. Tinyan pulling it out. So, that is Batman 99. That's actually all the DC I really read last week. Or at least that I'm going to talk about. Uh, from the indies, <laughs> Big Girls number two. Uh, Jason Howard doing all of this book. And I had Jason Howard on the podcast right after I read Big Girls number one. And I was blown the fuck away. And, you know, I was uh, I was nervous going into this, guys. I really was. I'm like, ah, I'm going to love issue one. And issue two is just going to pump the brakes. And I'm going to it's gonna sour me or lose momentum or whatever no 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 it's full speed ahead in this book guys so ember our main big girl she's taken on these two jacks and uh if you're not familiar with jacks or you haven't read it yet jacks are the giant boy monsters essentially that the big girls are tasked to protect us all from well um she's you know it's impressive on her own she's fucking taking on two jacks but it's it's not really doing it easily so we get a couple other big girls coming in to help and it turns out there's three of these jacks and it, it, it's a whole goddamn thing you know there's there's doubt that goes on with ember and it's ugh. but you know apex her trainer and devon uh what seems to be like the the captain i guess the 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 big girl in charge for the most part um 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's we, we, we learn more about them throughout this, and it's <laughs> it's a whole thing. Well, uh, this is where the, the, the story progresses. It's not just introducing new characters. It's, inter- it's, it, it's given us the aspect of, you know, like the divide. You know, sure, they're just big guys, or, you know, I mean, superheroes doing something that you would think everyone would want to do. Well, they're starting to realize that these Jacks actually have some sort of conscience to them in certain cases, so and, and intelligence. So there's a group of people that protest all of this and say, no, you're, you shouldn't be fucking killing these people. And, or these, these things, these, these, they, but they were people and possibly still could be people in there. But, uh, our main motherfucker, Marshall Tannock, hi Marshall Tannock, uh, he, he's, he's the guy calling the shots for the big girls, and he's a merciless motherfucker. I mean, the, the, the corpses that fell in this, this, this battle here, in this issue, well, instead of removing them and cutting them up and sectoring them out and, you know, doing all that shit like they normally would do, he just says, fuck it, burn them. They fell outside of the city, and... Blah, blah, blah. Well, that means, you know, I mean, they're laying on fucking people's homes and buildings and shit, but he doesn't care. Fuck it. Burn them. We don't need it. Peace. Y'all can come back to the inside and stop being out here fucking protesting and shit. If you guys come into the, what do they call it? Uh, the divide. Or wait, no, not the divide. What do they call it? Whatever. The, the you know, just the little area that people are, the preserve, that's what it is. You come into the preserve, you don't have this fucking problem, but you're outside of the preserve. Jack falls on you. We're gonna burn this motherfucker to the ground, Pookie. So, I mean, it's just, whew, this is a, a harsh book, man. Harsh, but highly, highly entertaining. So if, if I mean, Big Girls is the book. If I haven't convinced you by now, you're not, I don't know. It's beautiful, man. Howard kills it. Uh, whew, the other indie on my list this week to talk about was another hard-hitting book. And I would use the word heavy, but I don't want to be punny. Heavy number one. Max Bemis, Eric Donovan, and Chris Peter. Eric Donovan did the cover, and God, or at least the cover A that I picked up. Jesus Christ, this book is fucking good, man. Um, I've said it before, it's kind of like if you've seen R.I.P.D. And, you know, guy dies, and he's caught in between heaven and hell in order to ascend. He's got a do some some bidding in the afterlife, and it's essentially taking down a bunch of badass motherfuckers. Do I want to say it's R.I.P.D.? No, but it is very much like that. So our character, our main character that we follow in this, this is Bill, and he is, in fact, dead. And he's assigned to travel through space and time. See, that's the other thing, too, is it's you're not just in, in like, an R.I.P.D., for instance. They're just in New York in this one place. How about traveling through all dimensions and seeing all different types of uh, all possibilities? That's what makes he- that's what separates heavy and makes it so fucking cool. Because the first task that Bill is uh um well tasked with is to take out this evil version of Da Vinci. <laughs> and I tell you what guys, um, if you're a dickophobic, don't read this because and I'll never say don't read it, but if, I mean if you just if you're someone that doesn't like, or I can't say, not everybody likes to see, I don't like to see dick, but if you're squeamish around dick, then this is probably not the book for you. There is a lot of pee-pee, and, and I mean, it's Da Vinci, and he does the whole, you know, he did the, the pee-pee drawing. <laughs> so my, my point is with all this, I'm not just trying to say, oh, dick, it's, it's a funny book. It's not just a, you know, 
It's not like Bronson where, <laughs> and if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know what scene I'm talking about, where it's just some brutal fucking movie and you know, there's a dick scene. <laughs> no, this is this is gnarly. It's funny. It's witty. It's just a damn good time. So I, I suggest you pick up Heavy. I really do. Uh, is I haven't read anything from Max Bemis that I can recollect since the last run of Moon Knight that was out, and I fucking love that so much. So it's awesome to see Max Bemis back. He's back and as weird as ever. So mm, good shit, and the art is so wonderful. And it's just heavy. Heavy's the book. Get it. And let's talk about a few uh, a few Marvel books. Now, uh, fucking Iron Man relaunch, dude. Fucking Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Christopher Cantwell, along with Cafu and Frank Dermata. Alex Ross did the badass wraparound cover A that I picked up. And, uh, well, uh, it's lovely. Well, and he also, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the wall books later. Um, so what's going on here? Uh, I mean, this is all after the events of Iron Man 2020. Tony's back. He's back in his whole thing. I mean, essentially, was, was 2020 necessary at this point? I mean, there may be a couple of things that the Marvel Universe and the editors and creators down the road pull from that came from this event, but it didn't really change anything immediately. Um, except for Tony's getting out of the tech industry. I mean, that's kind of what this whole first issue's about. Fuck all that technology. I'm not in the technology or in the tech industry anymore. And uh, you know, everybody. Another thing, there's a lot of people. You know, we get the whole you know fake social media feeds going on in this book, and it's it's most people just don't like the guy anymore. You know, he's kind of lost the public. It's divided. It's not all on one side, but it's not all on the good side for the most part, like it was. Uh, so, I don't know, there's, there's that to deal with, but essentially Tony says, fuck it, and, uh, let's, let's, doing my thing, so he hosts this gala, and at this gala, Patsy Walker shows up, now, my first thought on this was, oh, fucking why, uh, the last, I guess I really don't have anything against Patsy Walker, but the character has been tainted for me because of the last ongoing series that she got um i hate to say it but i really did not like that series and because of that i'm i'm soured on the character so when the first you know team up that we get with tony is patsy walker hellcat i'm all taken back but i push through and as it turns out patsy walker's not so bad <laughs> her and tony team up to take out a uh, uh an old old Iron Man, bad guy. <sighs> Unicorn. Jesus. Well, he's got he's caught stealing the Gutenberg Bible, and what does that mean? Well, apparently somebody's trying to play God. Um, and that's, that's really just the gist of the first issue. Uh, what did I get out of this? Uh, well, I mean, Tony has definitely changed his mind on a few things. That could be interesting. Um... Uh, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know. Was it a super strong first issue? Nah, I don't know about super strong. Was it weak and turned me off? No, no. But it's kept my interest 
And as an Iron Man fan, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see where Christopher Cantwell takes this. This is a young gun writer. Whew. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. You know, it wasn't, uh, I don't, I mean, I didn't, honestly, I had no idea what to expect out of this first issue after Iron Man 2020. I had no idea, so. It's not like my expectations were shattered or anything like that. It was fucking, it's cool, man. It's cool. Uh, Thor number seven. Uh, Donny Cates and Aaron Cooter, Matt Wilson. So, uh, <laughs> this is actually a pretty neato book. It starts out with Mjolnir landing in old Braxton, Oklahoma, on the property of Adam Aziz, just your local mechanic that goes out of his way to make sure people get a fair deal. Even the townsfolk are, you know, essentially, why don't you charge me more for your mechanic work? And he's like, eh, it fucking seems like the right thing to do. Um, hinting at anything much? Just some nice guy in Braxton just doing the right thing? Mjolnirlands? wonder what could happen at the end of this book. Uh, so, he goes to the site and he calls the, the number on the hammer. Yes, there's a number on the hammer. Uh, Tony, er, Tony, um, uh, Thor sent a message. Engraved it on there and said, eh, found call, and it's Tony Stark's number. Now, the cool thing about this, no, I haven't done it. But you can actually call the number on this, and apparently there's a Tony Stark voicemail that you can reach. <laughs> Him being pissed off about, you know, us all having his number. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, Adam Aziz calls, and Tony Stark shows up. Well, when he shows up, uh, fucking, there's obviously a crowd, and the news is all around, and blah de blah de blah Meanwhilst, Thor... And he he calls upon Beta Ray Bill. Now the last time these two kind of butt heads, Thor ended up crushing Beta's hammer. But you know Thor has a favor to ask. He brings Beta Ray Bill over for drinks, and you know first off before he asks his favor, he says, "Hey man, what do you know about Thanos?" Because in that last issue, Thor uh, kind of had this vision of Thanos holding a hammer. He thought, "Well, fuck, no way, no way." You know Thor or Thanos is back. And, you know, and fucking Thor confirms with Beta Ray Bill. And, you know, are you sure? Are you sure? Beta Ray Bill says absolutely 1 million percent he's dead. There's no coming back from that. Saw so happen myself, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Beta Ray Bill's apparently never read a comic, but, eh. Um, I, I believe him. I believe him. Thor believes him, and he says, check it out, man. Bad shit could be happening. And, uh, well, I need you to be my second in command. I need you to be on my side. I need you to kind of be my 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 uh, ear, my conciliere, all of those words. And uh, Beta Ray Bill says, oh, "All right, I'll do it. Let me get a hammer, though." So Thor takes him into the old uh, weapon room, and the first thing Beta Ray Bill notices isn't the presence of something, but the lack of something, and that being Milner. And that's when Thor explains, "Look, dog, what? <laughs> Look, dude." Uh, the hammer's been getting heavy, and I have this theory, so I'm going to test this theory. I threw it down in old Braxton. We're going to see if a motherfucker could pick it up. So on cue, the engraving on the hammer changes from Tony Stark's number to you can pick me up. And, uh, you know, Tony's in disbelief. But old Adam Aziz goes, and I'll be damned if he doesn't lift Mjolnir and become Thor. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I really do believe that Adam Aziz will be a predominant character. I think this is a new Donny Cates creation. One of many that's come out recently. And I'm not fucking mad at that. 
I'm not. I dig it. And, you know, what does this mean for Thor? Is he not Thor anymore? Is he no longer Odin's? I don't fucking know. But, um, <laughs> I'm intrigued. And, uh, just, Thor's great. Thor's great. You're eating Thor, right? So, uh, the last book I'm overviewing this week is X-Men. X-Men number 12 is Jonathan Hickman, Lionel Francis Yu, and Sonny Go. You and Go did the, uh, uh, cover as well. So, uh, this is essentially, uh, an explanation book. Nothing really happens in here until the end. It is the summoner explaining to his grandpa apocalypse the fall of Aroka, or the other half of Krukoa. And what he's explaining here is there was a uh, I mean, he talks about Genesis, Apocalypse's wife, and then the mother of the original horseman, and how she fell to Issa, this mutant with the inability to lose, and, uh, it's, it's a Hickman book, so there's a lot going on. Am I going to sit here and try to dissect all this and try to explain all this away? No, because I'm going to be wrong about a lot of things, but I'll give you the gist of what's happening here. Well, um, uh, Apocalypse, he decides that he's going to send Summoner to Aroka to try to figure, I mean, to see, you know, is, is there anyone there that I can, you know, exact my revenge upon, or any survivors, that, you know, that we could, you know, potentially save, and, yeah, that's, that's essentially what X-Men 12 is, it's an introduction to a big, big <laughs> world, <laughs> it's already massive, I respect Hickman. I do. I respect him. He's a lot, and he could be very overwhelming, at least for me. But this is this is neat. I think these characters, you know, he, yeah, sure, he just created three new characters. Um, but, but, I, if they're used properly and they mean something, then create on, man, create on. I say that as a collector, and I say, I mean, I say that on every level. Just fucking. I'm digging what he's doing, and I'm very intrigued in the Summoner character more than anything. He's not appearing for the first time in here. This is his first cover appearance, I believe, though. I do believe this is the Summoner's first cover appearance in this book. I don't know. It's just, this is good, man. This is good stuff. Uh, so, that's it. I mean, that's all I'm overviewing this week, guys. I, um... I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to get over to the honorable mention segment. You think for a second that I only picked up seven books last week, or, what, six books? Six books? Yeah, do you bloody fucking mind? I got a whole lot more to talk about. All right, after this. Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. And I'm JVD. We're your hosts of the Fictional Battle Podcast. Crossover Collision, brought to you by the Villains Demand. If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on TheVillainsDemand.com. Alright, we are back with honorable mentions. These are the books that I didn't quite make the overview, not like there's a screening process or anything, it's just, you know, it's other stuff that I read that I didn't have a whole lot to talk about, or I was just going to come off like a dumbass trying to talk about it, and that's usually the case when it comes to Immortal Hulk. Immortal <laughs> Hulk number 37, uh, I mean, it's leader stuff, it, it, I mean, it's, huh, this is one of those confusing issues for me. Keep in mind, 
listeners, I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a big old fucking moron, actually. So when you have um, writers like Al Ewing, who doesn't always spoon-feed you this shit, and sometimes you know, it's fucking, I, I get lost, and I don't know what's going on. Does that mean that it was poorly written? No. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all, but it's just because of that, I wish I could have talked about Mortal Hulk this week, but I couldn't. Uh, Hellions, number four. Um, I didn't read this issue just for time constraints, to be honest, but don't think that because I didn't talk about Hellions, it's not. I dropped it. I didn't drop it. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, The Sins of Norman Osborn. I did pick this up. I did read it, and it's essentially the Order of the Web forums to try to stop Peter Parker from um, helping Norman Osborn, who... Other or the, the the order of the web believes is responsible for Parker's death or will be responsible for Parker's death. So, um, because I could say all that just like that, it didn't get a proper overview. Uh, Darth Vader number five. This book is fucking dope. It is. It's so goddamn good. Uh, Vader loses his shit, and <laughs> oh man, oh man. I just pick up Vader, guys. Pick it up. Oh, good. Uh, You Look Like Death, Tales from the Umbrella Academy. I said I wasn't going to read this book. I was just going to collect it for the sake of speculation because Umbrella Academy is a hot commodity right now, so why not get in on it? Uh, Yeah, I don't judge speculators. I judge how you obtain those books. Now, if you're one of those pricks that goes to an LCS and doesn't pre-order them and you just buy them all off the shelf... Uh, or, for that matter, you're an LCS that allows that type of bullshit. I say go fuck yourself. But if you're somebody that actually does the research and takes the time uh, to, you know, to pre and then you pre-order the books because, you know, you, you got that feeling, then good on you. I don't give a shit if you pre-order 50 copies of a book. Now, why did I go on that rant? The uh, fact is, I, would, I didn't think I'd ever be reading anything Gerard Way again. I don't think he's a bad writer. I just don't think he's a writer that I could follow. You know, and to be perfectly honest in this, guys, uh, it start that this issue started out strong, and halfway through, I found myself just kind of grazing through it. The guy can't bring me in. Does he have good ideas? Sure, but I just sorry. I, I, I maybe y'all think it's good. Maybe you do. I would never say because I don't like it. Don't read it. Don't ever get that idea. I just. I didn't like it, so it didn't get an overview. <laughs> uh, Bloodshot number eight. Um, you know, at this point, I just have Bloodshot on the pull list because I'm a Bloodshot fanatic. I'm way fucking behind. I'm way behind, and uh, you know, I'm a I'm a little confused with something going on. You know, they're talking about a Bloodshot number one coming out again. I think that the article that I read was a, it was a typo. I think they mean Bloodshot number ten. But apparently they're they're doing like a bloodshot reloaded type of thing, and that's what kind of makes me think, fuck, maybe this is a new number one, uh, and this would be, fuck, the third or fourth bloodshot since I've been doing this podcast. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully that was just a typo, and it is issue number ten. But um, what uh, I'll I'll get around to reading it eventually. I I, I dig the character, and yeah, I'm uh, I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, Pew Pew Finger Guns, number five. Ah, f- fuck, I, at this point I'm gonna trade weight the arc. Um, 
I don't know if it's a five-parter or a six-parter. If it is five parts, then I owe this book a good old fucking reading. Because it sounds like a really interesting concept. Uh, I just forgot to add issue number one to my pull list, so I had to wait for the second print to come along. And now I can read all five issues, but yeah. Uh, Once in Future, number 11, this is another one that I just fell off of, you know, I think I, the last issue I read was number 5, uh, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like it, it just didn't always get prioritized, and once that happens a couple weeks in a row, a lot of times it just kind of becomes a back burner book, uh, I don't, I, I don't think that the book lost its steam at all, and I, I think it's awesome, uh, from what I've read, and I just, like I said, it kind of didn't get prioritized, and it's, I'm so fucking behind on so much. It's ridiculous. Alright, The Donald Who Laughs, number two. I got this strictly for the sake of The Batman Who Laughs. It really had nothing to do with uh, Trump Punisher <laughs> or Trump or anything like that. I'm a Batman Who Laughs fan. And um, if he's getting fucking made fun of by becoming Trump or whatever, then cool, whatever, that's just more Batman Who Laughs material, I don't look at it as buying Trump shit, um, I don't look at it as buying political shit, I don't look at it as, um, uh, anything, I don't look at it as buying something that's making fun of Trump, uh, I look at it as something that's making fun of the Batman Who Laughs, um, and now one may think, well, if you think putting a Trump, blah, 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 and making fun of him, then you're making fun of Trump, nah, dog. The googly eyes is what's making fun of the Batman who laughs. <laughs> if you saw the cover, you'd know. That's just where my head's at on this, guys. Uh, did I read it? No. Has it been recommended to me, actually, on account of how funny it is? Yes. So, um, admittedly, I did thumb through it, but the thumbing through didn't really catch my appeal. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I will pick it up and give it a, a proper reading. Um, uh, fourth print of Deceased Dead Planet, number one, uh, it's, it's, I got it because it's Poison Ivy, man, it's a Poison Ivy cover, but I guess this should be part of the wall books, but I guess it's kind of not, um, uh, it's, it's, probably more than anything, it's gonna be flipped, and that's only because it's Peach Momoko. I'm not a huge Peach Momoko fan at all. And even though this is a Poison Ivy cover, and I got it for the sake of it being a Poison Ivy cover, and a deceased book for that matter, even if it is a fourth print, um, I know that there's going to be some Momoko money behind it. And that's just kind of where I'm at. Uh, is it shitty to say? I don't know. You be the judge. And if you think so, go fuck yourself. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the, the the second printing of Deceased Number 2, it's the uh, black and white Finch variant. I don't know how the second printings of these got on my pull list, but they're there, and I'm not mad. Cool fucking covers. Um, oh, I have these all mixed up, yeah. <laughs> yep, I got them all fucking mixed up. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, Detective 1027. It's 144 pages. What do you think my excuse is? Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, Excalibur, number 12. I mean... I'm not reading Excalibur anymore, guys. It's on my pull list. I don't drop any of the X books, but I'm just not reading Excalibur. I probably should be for this whole X of Swords and the Preludes and what have you, but yeah. 
And uh, lastly is Star Wars number six. Um, I mean, I'm not really reading Star Wars, but it's Charles Soule writing Star Wars. And eventually I will get around to it. He wrote The Best Vader Ever. And yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I read the first issue and I thought it was great. It's just, you know, Star Wars reading isn't always a big priority. Collecting, however, I got to have it. I gotta have it now. I was really late to the Star Wars universe, or the Star Wars train. I really was. I was a late bloomer for sure, but I found it. I loved it. I dig it. Um, all right. Let's talk wall books, bitches. These are the books that I buy strictly for the wall appeal, shelf appeal, however you display your books. They're just pretty fucking covers. And this week, it is a tough, tough decision as to what is my favorite. I've got four badass books here. The first being the Alex Ross Timeless Variant. Uh, the one and only Timeless Variant that I had to have uh, for myself I'm so glad I didn't commit to the Timeless Variants because they're, they're doing one for fucking all of the Marvel books now. It's insane. But as far as one that I have to have, it was obviously the Iron Man old school um, Mark II suit. It's beautiful. I love the way that he draws Iron Man. Uh, Catwoman number 25 got a sick-ass Lee Bermejo cover. Uh, hmm. How come all of my favorite covers turn out to be Catwoman covers? <laughs> it's just not fair. Uh, Batman number 99, and this time we got Derek Chu doing the, 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 the Clown Hunter variant. I'm a big fan of fucking Clown Hunter. Big fan. And Derek Chu's depiction of him is pretty fucking awesome as well. This book will be hung proudly. And lastly, for the wall books, is quite possibly my favorite cover of the whole year. It is not a Catwoman book. It is Detective 1027, Lee Bermejo, though. It is Lee Bermejo. And I, I, there's something about mixed media on these covers that I love. Like, like last year, my cover of the year was an Art Germ Catwoman cover, and it was... The cartoon uh, hands turning the page of a very realistic-looking old-school uh, Batman. Well, in this, it's Liebermeho doing his Batman and Nightwing. So it's not like he's just doing Batman. He's doing a duo here. But then in the background, we got an old-school lictograph version, <laughs> super bright and colorful, of a very happy Dick Grayson and Batman. You know, like almost, almost Adam West type of feel to it and I don't know if that's what got me or not but this is one of my favorite things I've ever laid my eyes on in my whole life so that's and that's saying something with on a uh, kind of how much art <laughs> I look at on a daily basis that's, uh, this is fucking right now cover of the year that's where it stands this is so goddamn good and that does it, guys. That's this podcast. That you know, those are my wall books. Those are the honorable mentions. Those are the books I picked up this week. Uh, did I miss something that you want to hear me talk about? Well, you know, fucking let me know at Cheers to Comics on Twitter and join the Facebook group and like the Facebook page and all of that good stuff. Or you could just go ahead and leave it in a review. You know, leave a five star review on Apple and say, "Hey, man, I dig the fucking podcast, but uh, 
why don't you read any Teen Titans or whatever? I don't know. Fucking whatever. Just I'll I'll take it. It's five stars, and I mean, if you're gonna take the time to leave me a five star rating, then I'll take your fucking recommendation. How's that? Uh, also, you know, hop on Patreon, man. Join people like fucking Monty Michael Moore and Sean Mullen and all these badass fucking creators that support this podcast. They know quality. You listen to quality. Show me you support quality otherwise by dropping a measly dollar. That's patreon.com slash cheers to comics. So that does it, folks. It is, uh, this is episode 234. It's been a heavy podcast, man. Uh, fucking go out and read heavy is what I'm trying to say. God damn, it was good. So fucking good. Uh, as always, I urge you slurds to stay safe out there. Stay as safe as you could possibly be. And as always, read responsibly. Cheers, buckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast.